This is Vixa High, and you are watching, in fact, the Jeffster special on Chuck versus the podcast. Introduce yourself, Grayson. I'm Eugene Edwards. I'm a musician on Chuck. Hey, this is Tim Jones, composer for Chuck. This is Scott Krinsky, and you're watching the Jeffster special on Chuck versus the podcast. Some folks are all made to win. This is great. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to part two of our Jester special of Chuck versus the podcast for Monday, May 24th, 2010. This is episode 58 of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. Excellent. That was a phenomenal part one. I'm looking forward to part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're pretty excited to bring you musician Eugene Edwards. And later in the episode, we're going to talk to Tim Jones, and there's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes content, so stay tuned. But we're going to start with Gene. Here we go. I want to welcome musician Eugene Edwards to the podcast. How are you doing, Eugene? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking me. Now, is it okay if I call you Gene? Gene, Eugene, it's either way. Whether, yeah. Because, of course, you know, uh, we met in September at Tim Jones' place, and I had the privilege of, of watching you do some of your work uh, a bit with Tim. Uh, what were you doing a few, or were we doing a desk? What you were doing was uh, laying uh, some guitar for a scene with Casey, Sarah, and Chuck um, going into a big mansion. It was a, a Karina episode, sort of a Miami Vice theme. Yes, yes. Oh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's kind of nice with Chuck that we that Tim, the composer of the show, is able to kind of embrace a lot of real knowing uh, references. I think we actually somewhere in, in season three. I think we all maybe that same episode we kind of indulged a bit of an A team vibe on one few. Oh yeah, which yeah. was a lot of fun as well. And and knowing that Josh and everyone that back at home base would appreciate those acknowledgements is a lot of fun. We you know. We get to kind of flex musical muscles that we, we don't normally get to in other situations. Chuck, Chuck allows for a lot. Yeah. Well, of course, this is the Jester special, but I know when we met in September, I told you I wanted to get you on the podcast. Yeah. So while we're here, yeah. I, I know you've worked with Tim for quite a while, but why don't you tell me a little bit about your background in music and how you got hooked up with Tim? I started playing guitar when I was about eight years old, actually. Always wanted to be a musician since a really, really little kid. 
And my parents are very encouraging, very indulgent in that way. And I grew up in a small town, Yuma, Arizona. Uh, and I met them because we went to the same high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were in a, a show choir together. He sang, he played some piano. I was supposed to play par. And um, then I, I went on to the Berkeley College of Music Boston after I graduated high school. And then around the time I was leaving there, Tim started to attend the Berkeley College of Music as well. Uh, and then we had uh, been in touch. We had lost touch. We heard through family that we were both living in L.A. Uh, late 90s or so. And uh, he called me one day. Uh, he was actually doing the music, uh, doing some music for the season one DVD. And he just needed some help with some things. And, and I came over for a few days and, and we got caught up on things and, and uh, really got in a great workflow. And then ever since that, so really starting in season two is when uh, he had me playing a lot of the, mostly the guitar and bass stuff. Uh, Tim's a, a much, he's a great keyboardist, so he doesn't, he doesn't need my help there. Um, and then, and then it got to, and then he kind of introduced me to this, this Jeffster thing. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time remember, remembering what the first Jeffster, I think Africa? Was that the first Jeffster number? I think so, I think so. And, uh, and then, and I think after that it's been, the rest has been history. So tell me, to the listeners, it's it's hard to imagine how a cue comes together. Um, it's sort of a laying of individual tracks, right? Like, what do you do for the average episode? For the average episode, oh, the average episode would mostly be uh, any guitar and bass work for the most part. And when I say guitar, sometimes uh, the guitar won't really sound like guitar. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Tim uses a lot of layers, a lot of atmospherics, and um, so we'll we'll do really weird things to the guitar so it doesn't sound like a traditional guitar um so a, a, after a while once tim's done with a cue after he's done mixing and putting it all the other things he puts out, sometimes i forget what i play <laughs> oh wow you know? and that's a compliment to tim and all the elements he's dealing with uh for cue um and then also uh we did uh the first episode of season three there's the el bucho sequence where chuck to be a, a flaming uh, hot flamenco guitar player to get us a flat. And we uh, had to come up with that music, and then I had to be very careful as to what I was playing guitar-wise because I was also going to be a sax hand double. Oh, okay. So I had to make sure I could repeat what I was playing. I had to kind of remember it. Uh, and actually, you'll see me in the background. I'm one of the band members in that, in that episode, too. Cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun to hang out with Zach and do some quick guitar coaching the day before that shoot. I, I guess we could move into Jeffster. That's always the fun call. When, when Tim calls us, you know, Jeffster's back, or I'll, I'll start getting email uh, from all the production folks saying, you know, Jeffster, and they'll have the episode number. I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. Uh, time, to have, time to have fun. And with that, when, we, when the song is selected, uh, Tim and I spend some time listening to the original recording, um, and then we start coming up with ideas of how would Jester do this song? The idea is that Jester, they're not the most accomplished musicians. Um, and they have pretty limited musical resources. So we kind of think of their limitations, uh, musically, but also their ambitions as characters. So, uh, and then we, uh, get together with Vic mostly. Uh, it's, you know, he's going to have to sing the thing. And it's, it's funny. And I'll, so we'll, we'll re-record the track 
and I'll sing the song. If we've done it in a new key or in a new format. I'll sing it so Vic has a guide vocal to which he can rehearse. And Vic like spent a lot of time with that. So I'll talk to him about what key Vic is going to be able to sing the song in. I'll sing a vocal in that key over the music that Tim and I have already kind of prepped. Um, and Vic will rehearse to that recording of me singing the song in this new key so he gets used to it. And then we usually record, uh, his vocals either at Tim's studio or a studio in the, in the, in the valley. Uh, um, and Vic has a higher range than I do for one mm-hmm. day. So it's a bit of a workout for me to, to do the guy vocal. Sometimes I'm singing in the key that I, I, Portrait Sun comes to mind and so does Blaze of, Blaze of Glory. Also, those are very high keys, and Vic is very comfortable in that range. The typical Vic Sahai vocal session, uh, he'll sing it three or four times all the way through. And usually that's, we'll have everything we need in those three or four takes. He's very efficient. He's very good. And it, he's very insecure. Uh, he's always nervous and, oh, I hate it. And once he gets into the booth and we start rolling tape, uh, he's such a pro and he's so committed. Uh-huh. At this point, Usually we're on kind of a short turnaround because he'll typically have to be shooting the very next day or two days later. So it only has so much time to rehearse with the track. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a compliment to him, to Tim, to uh, the whole crew that they're able to make these gesture uh, sequences work so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Vic is an actor. Uh, he understands just committing to a song, to a performance. Well, actually, I, I've been really impressed, uh, particularly the unplugged version of leaving on a jet plane. I mean, I thought he did a really great job. And, and when I think that's all him, that that's actually really Vic Sahai's voice singing in. And, you know, I think you could put that song on a soundtrack. It, it was great. I, yeah, I yeah, I, I agree. It's funny when, when we got the word that that was the song that we'd be doing. I mean, OK, well, John Denver, you know, be pretty corny. But then the more uh, we listened to it, we started to have grow an affection for the song. And the way it was in the script, it was Jeffster unplugged. As you said, uh, we really couldn't put tons of instruments on top of it. So it was going to be about the performance. Uh, and and Vic, again, found a really nice key. Um, Tim put together a really beautiful track uh, instrumentally. And it was just the right bed. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we, we keep... Telling Vic if he doesn't knock it off, people are going to expect a, a full-blown Jester EP or album. We also did something very. I can think of something that the uh, the TV audience didn't get to see was for Comic Con last summer. Uh, Vic performed live. Jester mm-hmm. performed live, and he uh, did a, a, a beautiful version of uh, Queen's "Fat Bottom Girl," mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. And unfortunately, Tim and I couldn't be down and take over that. Yeah. But we saw some pictures, and it looked like Zach and, and everyone else, the rest of the cast, was, were pretty into it. And, and we saw some pictures. We just couldn't believe it. In front of so many people, uh, just singing his heart out. Well, I wasn't there, but my, my co-hosts, Mel and Liz, were. And they actually said that, going way, way back, that they talked to people that had been there since the beginning of Comic-Con. And they said that that panel opening was the best panel opening they had ever seen <laughs> yeah uh, we're, well i know tim and i are really excited we had a lot of fun doing that track just layering those big guitars playing those big drums and, yeah and uh hearing the tree get on your bike and ride yeah professional high point for me 
Very cool. Now, I know Tim shared this one story about a song where the guide track was a little bit too high for you. Oh, gotta be Fortunate Son. Uh-huh. I, it's gotta be, because I know I was, I, I had no voice the whole day after. Uh-huh. I mean, it was, it's a, yeah, John, and, and, but here's the thing, is that uh, Vic was perfectly happy singing in the original key, mm-hmm. John Fogarty key. And, uh, that's a very hard song. To sing. Yeah. And so I just kind of, I think I sing a, like a cheap little falsetto version of it just so Vic would have the time markings of where the lyrics came in. Yeah. Other than that, Vic, yeah, Vic does a far more convincing fortunate son in the key of G than I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and I both tried it. We just, we were just screaming our lungs out thinking, yeah. how's he going to sing? It was way up there. So. Chuck is renewed now for season four, so I guess we'll get to hear more of your work. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm so happy. Well, yeah, I, I personally, I hope, uh, I hope we'll, we'll, we'll do a lot more Jeffster. Uh, I'm interested in obviously what the what the character developments are going to be. Uh, a lot of those situations indicate where Tim's going to go, and then when Tim calls, I'm I'm there, and and that's the great thing about working on Chuck, working with Tim, is that. And I told him this too. I, I I could I could go to his studio five days a week, and every day every day I walk through the door, I have no idea what we're going to be doing. <laughs> I mean, it really it really can be anything. It could just be this. It could be a beautiful um, romantic cue. Uh, it could be something happening at the Buy More, which anything goes. Yeah. Um, or it could be something very intense, especially as we get into the Shaw elements and those things. Those are very intense cues. And Tim's doing a beautiful job of, of moving along with the show, and and still keeping things fun where they need to be. Uh, it's it's a it's a real. It, it, you know, I can imagine other shows tend to have just you know one or two elements to them, uh, and and that's because that's what's necessary, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And Chuck has a lot going on as a show, yeah. and as the seasons progress, they add more, and um, and so. I just look forward to it because every day is a, it's a fun new challenge over there at Tim's studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'll, I'll see the, the footage uh, and I'll just think, what did these guys come up with now? <laughs> just I can't believe this. So, yeah, it's all, it's fun. It seems like Josh and everyone keep, keep those guessing, uh, but it certainly makes it uh, very rewarding. Cool. So now you do your own recording as well. Um, you have your own website and a band. Um, how can fans find you? Well, uh, eugeneedwards.com is the best source. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do have some shows coming up this summer, all mostly Southern California, the L.A. area, Santa Barbara, Huntington, uh, Huntington Beach, San Diego. Um, I also uh, uh, have scored a film at the beginning of this year of my own, and, and Tim was, was a huge help in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, great inspiration. And that film is called Unforgettable, and it's on the festival circuit now. It's a documentary about a man with uh, perfect memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also here in L.A., a every morning I want a radio station in Los Angeles, Hairs 101. Oh, cool. Uh, 101.1 FM. 101.1 FM? The classic hit station. And I do a, a segment every morning on the morning show called Office of the Day, in which I, I serenade women over the airwaves. <laughs> oh really? So people, it's a strange gig, but people can find that at kareth101.com. They can they can hear it every morning, and 
Uh, I, my radio monitor is KEarth101. So KEarth101.com. Got to look for that one. So, yeah, and there's been, yeah, and, and it's fun because I've been able to, you know, they always ask me about Chuck, uh, what's going on there, and uh, I was able to uh, give a shout out on the morning that uh, the flash uh, the, uh, was uh, happening. Oh, great. So, so, yeah, it's always nice. Or if, if something specific's happening on Chuck, I can just mention it, uh, you know, usually. And, and so there's uh, a lot of fun, yeah. So is there anything else you can think of that you'd want to share? Well, I'd like to thank the fans. You know, I'd like to thank all the Chuck fans. I'd like to thank you for uh, this great podcast mm -hmm. uh, and, and the site that you guys have going. Um, it's been, you know, every, for the past couple of seasons when we didn't know what was going to happen, uh, it's, it's been very impressive what the fans have been able to organize. Obviously, last season with the subway thing, now with this this time around with the flash mobs and everything, mm -hmm. uh, very very impressive. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of television shows that we're lucky to have this fan base, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to season four. And uh, Josh has said it. A lot of us have said it. It's got got everything to do with the fans. And yeah, right. They could they could start a business and, and actually counsel other shows fans on how to <laughs> well if we could think of a business model i'm sure we could make it work i think so exactly yeah yeah so uh but but uh, other than that that's yeah that's about it well i really appreciate you taking the time i i know it was short notice today um and it's a privilege that we finally got you on the podcast um we hope we get to hear a lot more of your vibes in the coming year <laughs> it's my privilege it's my privilege absolutely <laughs> hopefully jeffster will need a, a hotshot guitar player and I'll get to sit in with them on the <laughs> That'd be great. We really look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Griff. Bye-bye. Bye. And so that was the interview I had with Gene Edwards or Eugene Edwards. And you can find out more of his stuff at eugeneedwards.com. And... Uh, it it was great to actually meet him a few months ago at Tim Jones's house. We we spent quite a bit of time together, including <laughs> including sharing some Subway sandwiches at at Tim's, and uh, he's just a great guy. But uh, speaking of Tim, we have a long interview with Tim Jones, who is no stranger to the podcast, but he's back with a whole bunch of behind the scenes content, and you're gonna love it. Here we go. So, uh, of course, you're no stranger to the podcast. We want to welcome composer Tim Jones back to the podcast. Thanks, Greg. Nice to be back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by no stranger, of, of course, um, I spent a couple of days at your house in September. Yes, <laughs> and that was, that was a lot of fun. And, and thanks again for uh, for hosting me. Absolutely. And it was cool, actually, to be behind the scenes, too. Uh, I just talked to Gene Edwards uh, earlier today. And uh, um, if you remember, you were composing for that Karina episode at the time i do remember it was uh that last scene with uh sarah and karina and they were having kind of a you know discussion before she left mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah that was that was actually a very emotional scene to work on mm -hmm. but, uh, i remember getting a little choked up and i'm kind of like oh man there's somebody here you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so you've also been a couple other times on the podcast. You were our very second podcast, and that was that was a fun one. And um, yeah, and then on the rally as well. But a lot has happened since then. Um, 
and in particular, uh, Jester has happened since then. Jeffster. And uh, Jeffster happens when it happens, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so um, we, we don't need to go back into the, the history of what brought you up to this point, but maybe you can just start sharing from when Jeffster came on the scene, when he first heard about um, this concept that they were coming up with. What, what did you think? Yeah, I remember there being, you know, a lot of question in, in our minds about, you know, how good is Jeffster? You know, I mean... You don't want to overdo it, but it's also, you know, really painful to watch people struggle through stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think, I mean, I, I think there were even, you know, up to the end, I think there've always been sort of differing opinions about how good Jeffster is, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, uh, Vic Sahai is a great guy. And I, and I, I just didn't have it in my heart to make him look bad, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> so, uh, I always did my best to try and, you know, help him out where I could and, and, uh, make his tracks, you know, he's not a professional singer and you can tell that by hearing it, but I think it, it's not also so bad that you, you cringe necessarily. You know what I mean? It, it, it walks a fine line between being, you know, it's, it's not the guys from Toto who were all expert studio musicians, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very clear. Yeah. Um, and that's easily achieved by having me play a lot of the parts. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you talked to uh, Eugene Edwards earlier and, you know, he's a fantastic player. So he's done a lot of the heavy lifting with the, the guitar work and, um, in Jeffster, I'm sort of, I wear the producer hat, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who, adds the I, I don't know I sort of came up with this concept that that Jeff you know played by Scott Krinsky is actually a bit of a musical savant you know <laughs> he, I mean really he uh the things that he comes up with are, are are so far outside what you think Jeff would be capable of you know mm-hmm. but he has these cool vintage synths and you know he's into like this whole 8-bit thing and you mm-hmm. know it's like He's almost way cooler than you realize, you know, yeah. and, and so we've, we've kind of tried to push that envelope a little bit and uh, um, always tried to make the music good enough that you could dance to it, mm-hmm. you know, and and, it, and it's not just a joke, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I think it's funnier if, if, if there's actually, um, you know, and it was really cool because when we did the, um, the John Fogarty thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, my friend Johnny Lee Shell, who is an excellent musician and um, just won a Grammy, as a matter of fact, for wow. recording, uh, working with uh, Loudon Wainwright. And um, but Johnny uh, did some touring with John Fogarty. So when wow. the song Fortunate Son came up, he's like, oh, yeah, I know this one. You know, <laughs> I, I played this one or two times, you know. So uh, I think we got that in about two takes. Wow. And, uh, that was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, it's not a hard song, but I mean, it's just somebody, you know, like Johnny, who's got such a great feel, uh, that made that quite a pleasure to work on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think of all the ones that we ended up doing, I think that's one of the most polished, certainly. Yeah. Uh, even on Vic's part, you know, it's a pretty high part and mm-hmm. lucky for us, Vic's a high is a very high singing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have been in trouble with these song choices if, if he, you know, the, um, fat bottom girls, the queen thing for Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, is really high, you know, and he totally pulled it off. So yeah. it was fun. Well, you know, I, I get, I get the sense that, um, that he's been improving, uh, through this oh, process. Absolutely. Like no. when I, when I think of leaving on a jet plane, 
Like that was really, really well done. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm not in any way meaning to take away from from what Vic brings to the table because he comes prepared. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy has worked the songs and he's ready to go. He knows his lyrics. He's correcting me on. Oh, no, it's it's not this lyric. It's Mm -hmm. the other one. You know, (laughs) I had been singing it wrong or whatever. And we, you know, uh, Gene does guide tracks for Vic to sing to Mm -hmm. kind of just get a feel. And, uh, you know, very often, you know, the thing I love about Vic is he's always so well prepared. Hmm. You know? So yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, he's he's got a good ear because uh, someone who who doesn't have a musical bone in their body has a very hard time hitting pitch and knowing when they're high or low or mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh, he he's certainly got some skill in that area. So we're, we're lucky in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, uh, so he was sharing a little bit about his process and in Gene as well. Um, but maybe from from your perspective, why don't you take us through when you first hear about what song it's going to be, which I understand is very close to when you actually have to deliver it. Um, what's your process? Well, let's visit the last song. Let's visit uh, Blaze of Glory since everyone's already seen the finale, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, I was horrified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All due respect to Mr. Bon Jovi, um, just, you know, it's a, it's a, the, the tempo is pretty slow. You know, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a fast song. So there's not a lot of energy to be had from the tempo. Mm-hmm. So that was rough. And, and I'll give you a couple of different versions of what we ended up with. One of them quite a bit slower than the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spoke to Josh uh, Schwartz about five minutes before we were supposed to do uh, Vic's vocal. Uh-huh. We both decided, look, this thing's too slow. We got to speed it up. And I had spent the day before, you know, doing 12 hours of pre-production. Gene and I had, and I'll, I'll send that so you can hear the kind of fully fleshed out version. And it was pretty cool. I thought it was sounding good. And but then we just realized, you know, it just it just wasn't didn't have enough uh, energy to it. Mm-hmm. So we um, we started over with Johnny. At, we were recording at Johnny Lee Shell's studio in the valley, and uh, basically we had Johnny just lay down a, a guitar pass um, at the new tempo, mm-hmm. and and then we had Vic um, put in his vocals and to Vic's credit, he was able to take the song, I think up a half step and also go faster just like that. Wow. You know, he had to just kind of do it, you know, and then that would freak most people out. You know, you've been practicing it one way and then you have to do something completely different. So, wow. um, but you know how it works is I usually, you know, I listen to the song and I, um, tried to get inside of Jeff's head. Mm-hmm. Because Jeff, being the Brian Wilson of the duo, you know, is is the one that's in charge of coming up with all the arrangements, and you know, and we and we cheat a little bit. Uh, we give Jeff a drum machine, and that gives us license to have an entire band plus backing <laughs> singers. You know, yeah. just assume that he's a genius programmer. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, the process is really to sort of build it up and. And always keeping in mind that, you know, we these guys have got to pull this off and make it look good, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, Mr. Roboto was interesting because um, uh, we were going to do the robot voice just with anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And but Scott Krinsky was available. So he came out to my place. And what was fun was we mixed his voice in with the robot effect. So you could still tell that it was him. Oh, so, cool. If you listen to it, it's not like a pure vocoder, which is mm-hmm. what they call that effect, you know. 
Um, and that was really cool. It just added a, a bit of, uh, of realism to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but we had some, I think we had three and four part harmony on the, on the queen song, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> it, uh, Vic did a great job, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll back them up or, or Gene and I will back them up. Yeah. It's really just trying to find a way that, that feels like Jeffster, you know, and sometimes that's hard to find. And, and usually it's about adding like some eighties element that, mm-hmm. that really ties it together, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I'll give you some different examples of that. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the scene with, uh, it was, I guess a week ago or two weeks ago when Jeff was doing his solo. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, 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 Jeff. That was really funny because, you know, they didn't really know what he was going to sing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and what he did end up singing, which I'll send you both versions is pretty funny because by the time I put music under it and just auto tuned it, you know, mm-hmm. it ended up being like right out of a uh, Bombay musical or something, you uh-huh. know, I mean, it was really funny. So, um, uh, and that was one of the few times when I actually worked with the dailies. Um, I wrote a piece of music to one particular shot in the dailies mm-hmm. and then Jeff Granzow took and cut around that. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was an interesting way to work. I hadn't, um, I hadn't done that previously, um, where I was actually scoring to the to the dailies, you know. Mm-hmm. To a specific, um, add in to our average listener, they might not know what dailies are. That's a okay. Uh, dailies are just the raw shots, mm-hmm. you know. Like they they may shoot a scene in from different angles or close and far, and um, a lot of times they're all a little bit different. You know, the actor may be ad living or whatever, and this because this was a musical performance they were all pretty different, but mm-hmm. we took one and sort of locked in on that. And then the editor took and, and cut those up into what eventually uh, I thought was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really interesting process. So, so when he was doing the initial performance, he wasn't doing it to a track. No, he was just doing it live in the room. Wow. Yeah. And, and there was very little pitch in what he was singing. Um, but they did have him sort of go from low to high so that the auto tune would catch it. Uh-huh. You know, kind of uh, Ben Cundy kind of thought ahead a little bit with that. I thought that was a really good direction on his part. You know? Yeah. Um, and and explain to everybody what auto tune does. Well, auto tune is is the piece of software that allows uh, many pop stars, and I won't name any names, but to have careers because what it does <laughs> is takes the notes that you sing and it actually puts puts them right on the pitch. So uh, if somebody's you know off the pitch, they're a little high, which is sharp. If they're below, it's flat. And it, it sounds bad when people don't sing in tune. So what this does is it takes your, your vocal performance and moves it to the closest note that that your your vocal is, is near in that scale. And you can set it up for a scale or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, the extreme examples of it, I don't even know, showing my age here, but I guess there's an artist called T-Pain or something like that. And it's a, it's a, in the rap genre, they, they turn the auto tune all the way to the 11. So it's grabbing every single note and stepping it to a scale as opposed mm-hmm. to sometimes you slide up to a note or, um, and it, uh, it's just that particular sound. It's the share sound. It's the, 
you know, you know what I mean. You hear it immediately. Yeah. It sounds robotic and, and it takes all the sort of human inflection out of it, you mm-hmm. know, which is not always desirable in my opinion. So. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you're going to play us a couple of tracks and, and so what are we going to hear here? Well, um, why don't we go with, uh, we'll hear the first version of what Scott Krinsky playing Jeff sang on set. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play, we'll play the same thing, um, with my musical accompaniment underneath it. And then his, uh, his vocal as well, which has been auto tuned. Great. My name is Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That's right, I said my name is Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That's good, son. It might be a little lyrically lacking, but good. Hey, girl, what you got for me? You want to get up on here and have a baby with me? Yeah. Oh, I see how it is. Well, I don't need ya. Your uterus is too big to fit my baby in it anyway. My name is Jeff, a uh, Jeff, Jeff. Anybody else want a piece of this? Yeah. Come and get it, come and get it, yeah. Cause my name is Jeff, a uh, Jeff, Jeff. Ooh. I said my name is Jeff, a uh, Jeff, Jeff. I'm the baddest boy and to buy more. That's right, you can't mess with me. I got everything, I got the meal, I got the deal, come on, I'll take you down. (laughs) My name is Jeff, 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 that's right, I said my name is Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That's good, son, it might be a little lyrically lacking, but good. Hey girl, what you got for me? You wanna get up on here and have a baby with me, yeah? Oh, I see how it is. Well, I don't need ya. Your universe is too big to fit my baby in it anyway. My name is Jeff. Oh, Jeff, Jeff. Anybody else want a piece of this? Yeah. Come and get it, come and get it, yeah. My name is Jeff. Oh, Jeff, Jeff. Ooh. I said my name is Jeff. Oh, Jeff, Jeff. I'm the baddest boy in the Bible. That's right, you can't mess with me. I got everything. I got the meal. I got the deal. Come on, I'll take you down. <laughs> cool, awesome. And and so what? What else can you play us? You you mentioned actually uh, we were talking before about um. A, an issue with, and we we can say the name. I I talked to Gene. It's okay about yeah. uh, Gene's guide vocal that was a little too high. He said he was uh, <laughs> singing in the falsetto. But tell 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 me a little bit about that experience. Well, that was kind of funny because it was too high for either one of us to sing, and we knew that Vic really needed the guide vocal. It just it makes him more comfortable for his process, and um, so we just made the decision to have Gene sing this in the falsetto and. Um, which is, you know, if, if, if anyone out there doesn't know what falsetto is, it's like, uh, Frankie Valley, you know, uh, you know, as opposed to singing in your regular voice where you're, you know, it's not really high and thin like that. But so when we had this guide track done, um, it kind of sounded like tiny Tim singing, you know, <laughs> and I'm not talking about me, um, the other singer guy from the sixties, but, uh, 
it just it just didn't really work all that well and i i made the mistake of sending it to josh schwartz and he's like yeah um i like the track but the vocal seems a little light you know <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah yeah we know you know yeah. it's uh it was really really high and we can't sing it so oh, wow. uh hopefully Vic can yeah um but yeah that was pretty funny so and, let's have a listen to that now okay And, uh, and now we're going to listen to the later version of it with Vic. Right. The version you're going to hear now is the sped up final, you know, mixed version of the Jeffster um, song that was played in the Bymore for the big climactic fight between Shaw and Chuck. And have you seen any stills from the music video? No. That they shot? No. You will. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> They're, it's awesome. I mean, the video that they put together for that is is fantastic. I'm pretty sure they'll put that on the DVD or, mm-hmm. or something because um, they really did a great job. And uh, Matt Barber did a really nice job cutting it together. And uh, so that was really very cool. So anyway, take a listen to that. Well, uh, I really appreciate you playing these before and afters. It's a, it's a great behind-the-scenes look. Um, do you have anything else that you can play? Sure. Um, there was a version of uh, Love Hurts that, before we put the background vocals in, just didn't have the same sort of oomph. Um, I could send you that if you like. Sure. Okay. So um, there was a version of Love Hurts where uh, Vic Sahai sang kind of the lower part and we needed to put in some high harmonies. And so I took Vic's voice and kind of pitched it and made some other uh, harmonies that went along with it. And I thought it turned out pretty well. I did kind of what I called the Weezer version, you know, mm-hmm. which is I'm a big fan of the band Weezer. I love their production and songwriting. And so I took that song and, and kind of added a little more to it. And that's the version I wanted to play for you. It's, it's the Love Hurts. It's the Weezer version. So mm-hmm. here's that. To take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, it holds a lot of rain. Love hurts. To take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, it holds a lot of rain. Love hurts. back okay so so working with jeffster has been different than your regular experience scoring um the show what um what has been 
your sort of your overall take from it? Well, it's obviously much more like producing songs because, you know, we've got to worry about the vocals and um, we often have just such a short time period to turn these things around. So that's been uh, kind of challenging just to get the arrangements put together and get the parts played and figure out, you know, if it's going to work. And in the case of Blaze of Glory, we ended up making a last minute change. And I think we delivered the final mix of that literally 10 minutes before cameras rolled on the music video, wow. which is way closer than I like to cut it. Mm -hmm. um, because that's a lot of money <laughs> on the, on the line when cameras start rolling. So, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting, but you know, we got it there. We got it done. Everybody was happy. So great. So Chuck's been renewed season four. Um, what do you thank uh, you fans? Yeah. That's and, all I have to say. Thank you fans. Thank you NBC. You know, yeah, you guys have been totally amazing. Um, and I don't know. Uh, did most of the fans catch that that frame? That um, I don't yeah. even know who did this. It, I thought it that took was ten so minutes cool. for somebody to find I, it. I know it was amazing. They, I must have just been going frame by frame as soon as it came out. You know, yeah. But yeah, that was I was blown away. I didn't know that was in there. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we wouldn't be we wouldn't have a show to do if if people didn't weren't so vocal and and yourself included, Graham, um, just do such a great work, you know, letting people know about the show. And, um, you know, we'll just have to see what happens next year. But I'm I'm very excited about our direction. Um, the very last scene, let me just put it this way. There's um, a piece of music that I wrote for. Um, kind of a new chapter in the Chuck story. And I'm really excited about it. I think it's the kind of thing that can kind of evolve into its own thing, much the way the fulcrum theme did and then the, the music for Shaw, if you want to call it that. Some people hate that. <laughs> but uh, uh, that kind of had its own theme. And I feel like there's another theme that's sort of percolating that, that will uh, probably be very prevalent in season four. So uh, just, you know, if, if people... Um, had a chance to notice that in like the last three or four minutes. It was a cue. I was really uh, happy about how it turned out. It just feels kind of epic and feels like a new direction. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. And speaking of new direction, when when do you actually start work on, on season four? I actually don't know. Um, I'm assuming if it's like previous years, it'll probably be somewhere in January, late January at the earliest, probably more like August. Um I, it just really depends on how they, you know, how soon they get everything rolling. Well, as, as far as I heard, um, it's on the fall schedule. No, I know, but as far as my work, um, oh, you okay. know, I come in six weeks to eight weeks after they start shooting. Oh, I see, I see, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, we're definitely on the fall schedule, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, that also gives us, hopefully, an option for the back nine, mm -hmm. so. Certainly wish uh, everybody that, that's gone off to new new jobs well you know matt miller's a great guy and it's uh really added a lot to the chuck universe and i know he's going off to a show called human target um and uh ali's gonna work on another superhero show right mm -hmm. uh an ordinary uh, family right so i'm sure she'll hit it out of the park like she always does so yeah yeah just stay tuned. I think there's going to be some fun stuff i mean how much fun is it to finally see chuck and sarah together you know mm. Um, 
I, I think I probably have to admit to being a bit of a shipper myself. So, yeah. uh, I was very happy to see them, uh, you know, episode 314, I thought was just probably the most fun of, of all three seasons, you yeah. know, just seeing them together and having a good time and, um, kind of having to use their own wits, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that, um, that you're a fan of the show too. I am. I mean, I'd be watching even if I weren't working on it. I, I know people may or may not believe that, but uh, I think it's a great show. I think it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can get through another season and, uh, you know, just keep keep the Chuck train rolling. We'll see what happens. So. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing between now and August? Uh, I am going to be working on an album, believe it or not. Um, some songs that I've had percolating for some time. Um, I'm sort of not allowed to work on any country music for Chuck. because <laughs> <laughs> Producers are, are not a big fan of the country sound. So um, I'm just kind of joking. But, uh, you know, I'm from Arizona originally, and uh, I started out as a songwriter. And I, um, I have some songs that I've been working on. I have six or seven already. And if I get another six or seven, I may have a whole album. So um, Very cool. I'm, yeah, I'm working with my friend Johnny Lee. He's going to produce and do some co-songwriting with me. And um, then the other plan is to take an actual vacation, which uh, I haven't done in several years. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be nice. So if anybody's possibly in Hawaii, look me up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, and you have a website, jonestimjones.com? Jones. TimJones.com. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, fans can cheesy, check you out there. You remember it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, and people have been begging for news on the soundtrack. Yes, and I do want to say to all the fans out there, thank you so much for your patience. Um, I know it's been quite a while since I started asking for input, and um, I've just gotten so much input. It's just been fantastic. I mean, I probably get you know ten to twelve emails a day from mm-hmm. people since I put out the call a couple of months ago. So. Um, we're very close. My, my problem is, is that, you know, if it were up to me, I'd put out a 12 DVD set of DVD <laughs> audio with every cue. You know, it's like they're all sort of I go through and I listen to them. And I'm like, oh, that cue. I remember that, you know, and I haven't heard it since I wrote it, you know. And yeah. Um, so in a, in, a, in a perfect world, I think I'd put out a lot more than any one human would want to listen to, you know, Um but I'm actually going to try and do at the, at the very least, I'm going to present a multiple CD submission. Um, the first idea was to combine season one and two into a disc mm-hmm. with season three on its own disc. Um, I've now revised that to submitting three CDs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the record company may look at me and just laugh. So, um, it's just really, really hard. There's been so much music written and the music for Chuck is so diverse that, mm-hmm. that I just hate to leave stuff out, you know, yeah. and, and there's a few that are, you know, the, the, the Chuck action theme is, is clearly the head and shoulders favorite. So yeah. as long as I get that on there, I think most people will be happy, but, um, but there's some other things that I really enjoy, you know, just some fun things and, um, so I'm, I'm hoping, uh, actually, as soon as I get my studio moved, uh, in the next couple of weeks to finalize the submission and get it over to the record company and just see what their response is. Hmm. Um, but the fact that they're, you know, willing to listen and willing to consider it, it's great. So 
Cool. And Looking hopefully forward. the season four pickup will help that. I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping. So. Cool. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, and, man. Uh, it was nice to talk to your family. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate you joining us. And, and, um, and for all the work you do, um, the fans definitely, definitely, definitely notice it and appreciate it. And, uh, and it's, and it's obvious that you put a lot of heart into your work. Well, thanks, Graham. It's, um, you know, I, th this is my first TV show, so I, I don't have a lot to go on. I, I did mostly films before this, but, um, I just, it never ceases to amaze me how, um, open and, um, intelligent and incisive these fans are of the show. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool. So just thank you. One and all. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So thanks so much. And, uh, thanks Graham. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. And we're back. And that was the end of my interview with Tim Jones. And Mel, you've got some news for us. Well, in addition to the Jeffster Spectacular that we just brought you, we also have a really cool giveaway going on at ChuckTV.net. We are giving away a pair of Chucks, the Converse Chuck Taylors. One lucky Chuckster will win a pair, courtesy of Scorpion Shoes out of the UK. They're the largest purveyor of Converse in the UK, and they have opened up this competition to anybody worldwide. So you can go to ChuckTV.net to enter. This is in honor of the season three finale in North America and the season three premiere in the UK, which launches May 31st on Virgin One. So again, stop by ChuckTV.net and enter to win a pair of Chucks. Mm -hmm. And we just want to thank Scorpion Shoes for sponsoring this giveaway. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And speaking about sponsors, as I mentioned in part one, we have a new sponsor for the Jester special and also for the finale podcast, and that is Brunel's Web Solutions. It's a web design company that offers custom website design, web marketing, CMS integration, that's WordPress, and programming. And if you're interested, please check out their website, www.brenelz.com. For Canadians or www.brenelz.com for Americans. And owner Brenly happens to be a Chuck fan, which makes that all the more urgent to check out that website. You can follow him on Twitter at, at brenelz or z. I like how you do the variations depending on which side of the border you happen to live on. That's <laughs> <laughs> very helpful. Yeah. Well, we also want to thank our sponsors, MovieMorons.com. They are sponsoring the podcast for another year. If you are a fan of movies, you ought to check out their podcast, MovieMorons.com. And we also want to thank SyrianJunkies.de. It's the largest German-language television fan site out there. They've got everything, including Czech. So stop by SyrianJunkies.de for your television fix. Mm-hmm. And we are going to do something bittersweet. And that is wrap up this two-part Jeffster special. But it's only just bittersweet because we will have another podcast later this week talking about the monumental season finale of Chuck. So in that episode, we'll have lots more news. We'll have some listener emails and we'll have just a lot going on. So make sure to stay tuned later in the week. And you can always check out all of our episodes at blip.tv. 
And make sure to send us your comments. We want to hear from you. Don't forget to email us at mail at chuckpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to wrap it up here, but we're going to send you out with some Jester music. So until next time, bye-bye. See ya. Bye, Chucksters. <laughs>